0: general public are demanding to see more inclusive advertising unless brands are being true to their values and being inclusive obviously that has the potential to impact what consumers are buying so I think everybody's kind of seeing that you can't exclude people like you have done for such a long time. 20% of people have a disability so perhaps those 20% of people want to see people who they feel some sort of alignment with. It's something called perfection fatigue. So people are bored of seeing the same old images of the typical airbrushed model that we're so used to seeing. But then I think at the same time, there's also an act of rebellion. So people, they might see those images and they'll sort of say, well, you know, that doesn't relate to me. That's
1: not of interest to me. I'm your host, Michelle King, and you're listening to The Fix a podcast that shares the stories of remarkable people who are innovating and taking action to advance equality in the workplace and beyond. Perfectionism. The need to look, act, and be perceived in an ideal way is on the rise. As many as two in five children and adolescents are perfectionists. A recent study comparing perfectionism across generations found significant increases among more recent undergraduates in the United States, United Kingdom, and Canada. In other words, the average college student last year was much more likely to have perfectionistic tendencies than a student in the 1990s or early 2000s. The rise in perfectionism doesn't mean that each generation is becoming more accomplished. Rather, it means that each generation is becoming more hard on themselves, and consequently, they're much more likely to develop mental health issues. Perfectionistic tendencies have been linked to a laundry list of clinical issues, from depression and anxiety, to self-harm, social anxiety, eating disorders, post-traumatic stress disorders, and even suicide. Perfectionism is not so much about how you behave as it is about how you think about yourself. The beauty industry has traditionally been one of the worst offenders for embellishing reality and selling women an idealized and restrictive form of perfection, underpinned by extreme airbrushing and dubious claims. However, recently the big trend in beauty has been for hyper-realness, with diverse models bold statements of no airbrushing and simplified and playful product packaging. One of the main drivers for this is perfection fatigue. Consumers are so accustomed to seeing conventionally fake and perfectly polished beauty ads that the primary response is simply indifference. These images of perfection are not believable or interesting, and so consumers are starting to ignore them, which is not good news for advertisers who are desperately seeking attention for their products. Perfection fatigue coupled with the body positivity and body neutrality movement is empowering women to rebel against the narrow and unattainable beauty standards and instead celebrate their differences and their real imperfections. As a result, brands casting only young, thin, white, flawless models are simply no longer relevant. On today's episode, I'll be speaking with Laura Ashley, co-founder of ZBD, a specialist talent agency created to increase the representation of people who have until now been excluded in the media, including people with disabilities, alternative appearances, and trans non-binary individuals. On this episode, Laura will share why perfection fatigue matters and how companies' survival depends on a more inclusive and diverse approach to advertising products. In 2019, as Instagram grew to more than one billion monthly users, it ushered in a new standard for personal photos, which had to be carefully staged, color corrected, with a glossy looking aesthetic. In short, Instagram perfect. Photos that played into these trends performed so well on Instagram, that the look became synonymous with the platform itself. No one has capitalized on this look's popularity more than influencers some making thousands of dollars by fitting this mold. But every trend has a shelf life. The Instagram perfect look is now considered generic and played out. It's simply not cool anymore to look manufactured. Brands that want to compete need companies like ZBD, who represent 500 diverse models and actors across Europe and the United States to advertise their products. Here, Laura Ashley, co-founder of ZBD, shares how their company is filling a previously overlooked gap in the market for diverse talent.
0: Zebedee uh, has been launched by myself and my sister-in-law Zoe. I went to see her one day and we were having a little walk and having a chat um, about the lack of representation in fashion in the media for people who have disabilities and just kind of putting the world to rights and having a little moan about how um, this was in 2017. In 2017, how can it be that people with disabilities are still excluded from these opportunities? And really, it was just a light bulb moment of, um, oh, well, if, if nobody else is doing this, then why don't we do it? Why don't we give it a go? And we literally got back that same day and um, started doing it. Um, we're a specialist talent agency. We represent people who have disabilities, visible differences such as alopecia or vitiligo, people who are trans and non-binary. And we exist because we feel there's a lack of representation of all of those groups of people in fashion and the media. So we work hard to try and find opportunities for our guys, whether it be in commercial, TV commercials, fashion advertising, e-commerce, We also have some actors on our books, so we work with people who are working in film or TV. We just work across the board, really, just looking to find bookings for all the talent that we represent. People often ask us, like, why historically haven't disabled models been booked or why have they been excluded? I find it really hard to answer that because I actually don't know what's going through the minds of the people who hold the power to cast disabled people.
1: The advertising industry's consistent emphasis on superficial physical perfection has led to the exclusion of people with a range of physical and mental abilities. Advertising tends to promote one specific acceptable standard of appearance, which influences society's views about what beauty people should admire, value and be associated with. Here Laura explains the underlying cause of the lack of diversity in advertising.
0: I guess it comes from wider societal discrimination like I guess disabled people do face you know discrimination more generally and just to give you some statistics around about 20 percent of the population has a disability but when you look at advertising only 0.06 percent of those represented in advertising have a disability and then if you look at that even deeper if you look at fashion modeling then that drops to even lower percentage that's one or two models in every 10,000 models getting booked have a disability which to me just seems absolutely crazy that that sort of discrimination can exist and I guess like slowly but surely brands and the general public are demanding to see more inclusive advertising like they want to see it and unless brands are being true to their values and being inclusive, then obviously that has the potential to impact on sales and, and what consumers are buying. So I think everybody's kind of seeing that you can't exclude people like you have done it for such a long time. And the inclusion is really, really important throughout all areas of the business, including testing.
1: Even when people with disabilities appear in advertising... There's a strong focus on two types of disabilities, people who use wheelchairs and people who are deaf. Advertising is a largely visual medium that needs equipment clues to denote disability. But this simply perpetuates the exclusion of people with different disabilities, who are deliberately ignored by advertisers and advertising agencies. By ignoring certain populations of people with disabilities in advertising, advertisers are hiding disability from the general public a clear denial of the role that people with disabilities play as consumers. Here, Laura explains why perfection fatigue is a critical issue that brands need to solve for. First and foremost, 20% of people have a
0: disability. So perhaps those 20% of people want to see people who they feel some sort of alignment with, they feel that represents them. And those 20% of people have family members, you know, who might have a disability. So they want to see people that represent like people in their family or their friends. Um, But then also I think, so there's a couple of things really. So there's something called perfection fatigue. So people are, are, are bored of seeing the same old images that they've seen for such a long time of the typical airbrushed model that we're so used to seeing. And I think people are just, they don't see those images anymore. They're not of interest. But then I think at the same time, there's also an act of rebellion. So people, they might see those images and they'll say, well, you know, I, I don't feel anything towards that model or that's not of interest to me. So, you know, I'm not going to buy or I'm not going to pay attention to this um, commercial. I think like just more generally people, I think maybe with the COVID crisis, people have had a chance to kind of sit back and have a little bit of a think about what is important in life, what's important in the world, life is fragile. And then maybe it's helped people to kind of think, about kindness and acceptance and inclusion more generally.
1: When we look around our organisations, it can be easy to spot diversity or a lack thereof. But what are businesses looking for when it comes to diversity? Most only picture a workforce spanning ages, genders and races, while an important group are often Overlooked. People with disabilities are frequently left out of diversity and inclusion conversations, and the employment statistics prove it. According to the Office of Disability Employment Policy and the Bureau of Labor Statistics, people with disabilities aged 16 to 64 participated in the United States workforce at a rate of 33.6% in 2019, compared to a rate of 77.4% for people without disabilities. Not only is this an unacceptable employment gap, but it's a missed opportunity for companies. Here, Laura shares more on the disability gap that exists in corporate diversity and inclusion initiatives.
0: We represent people from tiny babies to older adults. And not only do we have disability diversity on our books, we will also accept people of any size, any height, any age, any ethnicity. So we've got like diversity across the board, really. and. I think for a long time, there has been a diversity debate in modelling. You know, this has been talked about for a long time, ensuring that you've got ethnic diversity in your advertising along the runway, way. The growth of the curve modelling market, having more curve models or plus size models has been in the limelight for some years. But we found for some reason, you know, even when brands are requesting diversity or diverse models, diverse talent, we want diversity on this brief. They don't mean disability. Disability has been left out of that diversity debate for such a long time, and I don't know why (laughs) that is, but hopefully we're doing what we can to change that now and to open people's eyes to the ability that our guys have and what they can bring to a campaign. And the professionalism, like, we have never had any negative feedback about any of our models. Like, they've always done such a brilliant job on shoot everybody always comes up with really excellent feedback and like I just don't know that there would be many agents who could say that (laughs) about every single model that they represent.
1: This year Ellie Goldstein became the face of Gucci's unconventional beauty campaign making her the first model with Down syndrome to pose for the luxury brand. This recent example with Gucci is a trend that's likely to continue The World Bank states that one billion people experience some form of disability. Forbes describes people with disabilities as the world's fastest growing minority. In fact, trends such as the ageing population and medical advancements that help people survive disease and injury could mean that the market will continue to grow. Here, Laura shares why companies can no longer afford to ignore the disabled consumer market.
0: There is a long, long way to go especially in terms of the stats that I told you, you know, like one or two models in 10,000 being booked have a disability. I wanted to get to the point where it's representative of society. It's 20% of models being booked have a disability, which matches how many people in society have a disability. I don't know when we'll get there, (laughs) but that's what I'm working towards. It's hard for us to get the information directly from brands as to what the impact has been from using our talent as an example what I can tell you is like quite recently we had Ellie working on a Vogue and Gucci collaboration and Gucci posted that on their Instagram and it's received probably now a million likes it's the most well-received post that they've ever posted on the Gucci website it's gone it's had the biggest reach the biggest amount of likes I mean in that respect that kind of proves that the public wants to see it and um I guess like there will be some experts out there who'll be able to tell us what the impact of that sort of reach on social media relates to in terms of sales and what money people are making. But my guess is it's pretty huge impact. It has to make good business sense. I mean, the statistics again, I mean, worldwide, the spending power of disabled people per year is $1.2 trillion. So disabled people alone have a lot of money to spend. You know, and if, if you want to reach out to a new market, People with disabilities are there, ready and waiting.
1: Finally, Laura shares one action that businesses can take to be more inclusive of people with different physical and mental abilities.
0: There's been many times when our guys have been invited to cast and the building hasn't been accessible, so like they can't actually cast. Throughout lockdown, because casting is taking place via Zoom or Skype or or whatever, it has opened up a lot more opportunities to disabled people. who might have those access issues. Um, And really, when you look at it, it's like, why weren't those opportunities offered previously? You know, because it's obvious that you can cast remotely, as everyone is doing now. So I think access is one thing. I mean, I think just thinking about disability, just it doesn't come to the top of people's minds when they're thinking about diversity and inclusion for some reason. Like I said, it does seem to get excluded. So just try to think about disability when you are trying to think about your policies relating to inclusion. And if you are looking at making any marketing or advertising campaigns, again, think about, you know, the huge percentage of the population who has a disability and how they might want to be represented and just think about your casting choices. And think about in your wider business network, I guess, like how many people do you work with have a disability... What can you do to encourage people with disabilities to to work in your workplace? You really don't need to make that many changes to make a job accessible for somebody. Like, maybe you need to book a shoot that is physically accessible. Maybe you might need to offer more short breaks for people. Maybe you need to give people a little bit more time. You don't really need to do that much. And people are just there ready and waiting to be included.
1: enjoyed speaking with Laura. You know, it's so great to hear how she's opening up a whole new market and transforming the ideal standards women and men are often expected to live up to. I really hope today's episode encourages each of you to support brands that take active steps to promote more diverse talent in both their ads and, importantly, their organizations. Before I go, just a quick reminder that you can get a copy of my book, The Fix, or the electronic or audible version from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Audible, or at all major retailers. In reading The Fix, you'll learn how gender inequality works, what the 17 most common barriers are that all women face, and how gender inequality creates challenges to men's fulfillment of work. Most importantly, you'll learn what we can do to remove these obstacles, and how we can begin to make workplaces work for everyone. So get your copy today and let me know what you think by leaving a review on Amazon. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you all again next week.